trying to get a grasp of the pulse of, of our world because there are people out there feeling things that I've never thought about. And, um, and, and really, I think God is a God of, of everyone. We are all as kids. And, uh, and that's a, really a message I'd love to bring forward on a, on, you know, looking forward uh, on a new project. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. I'm James Curtis. And I'm Drew Brown. What a great intro. Oh, dude, you you sound good this morning. Well, let's do it again. Just just for the fun of it, because we sound good. No. No? No. Hey, it's Between the Grooves with James Curtis and Drew Brown. Hey! I'm going to go home. No? Okay, well, it was just a thought. Well, this week's episode features a conversation with none other than Jordan St. Cyr. And now we have chatted with him in the past. It is not very often that we bring back a previous guest. And yeah. that and that's not intentional. <laughs> There's just so many people that right. that uh, you know we want to have on the show, but it was great to uh, have Jordan back just to chat about, you know, things going on in his life. Uh his career is taking off music-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh but besides all of that, he's had some, you know, stuff going on with his family, uh just to, you know, find out what he's up to and uh and Everything that's going on music-wise, Jordan Saints here. That is coming up in just a little bit. But before we get to that, we need to check in with the community corkboard. Cue, cue the community corkboard. Little. Can, can we get the community corkboard clip cue, in cue there? It up, cue it up. Community corkboard. I did it. Nice. I did it. I did it. Nice. Just to bring it back. Yeah. I knew you were going to, and that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. dramatic you That's know, right. That's pause. right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, we've got a, a note from someone that says, Hey, guys, really appreciated your recent conversation on equality and diversity, though I would have loved to hear from a female voice as well. You always feature a lot of fantastic female artists. It would uh, just have been nice to hear that perspective when it comes to sexism within Christian music or the music industry in general. Any plans for a follow-up episode? Good question. Very good question. Hmm. Short answer, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drew and I have already been talking about it. Who uh, who would have thought that you know this this hosts episode that we had with just you and I would evolve into this you know broader topic of of you know people wanting to hear more, and uh, we actually had one artist reach out to us directly. Mm-hmm. I think it was on Facebook saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I'd love to chat a little bit more about that." Uh, so that will be an upcoming conversation. Uh, yes, we will definitely bring a female artist into the mix and and hear from from them as well. Uh, definitely a conversation that needs to be had and so yes the answer is yes 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 all the yes so much yes so there's the answer to your question there we go i mean we could have just said yes and left it at that i suppose but that's no fun no i know yeah but we don't want to you know let the cat out of the bag as it were no, no, you know yet, there's yet, uh, lots of good stuff coming up and quite frankly a lot of great episodes on the way as well but that's for sure um that's another story all right all right all right what do you want to chat about let me tell you. Let me tell you. So there's been um, a, a few conversations about the pandemic and how it's 
affecting artists out there. And for some artists, this is go time for them. They're kind of like they're living large. They're enjoying the space,、um, whether it's with their family or they're enjoying it in terms of you know creativity and sort of diving into that. But for a lot of artists, and I have to say this is myself included,、um, this has actually been a really really difficult time. And I don't I just don't mean like in terms of、um, bookings and making money, but even, right because the financial impact is huge, huge. And and the longer this thing has happened, the longer it impacts financially on these artists. You know, That's exactly right. Two months becomes three months. Three months becomes four months. When's it going to stop? It, it messes it. When is it going to stop? Yeah. And so you have these artists who are struggling to survive. On top of that, they're now struggling to create.、Um, the idea of this whole entire like change in how we do things is actually、um, messing with people's mental health. I know of even a few friends of mine in locally who have gone through some serious, serious, serious things.、Um, one even committed suicide just because th- this pandemic was playing wrecking havoc, I should say, on their mental health. And so, it's an article that came out just a little while ago, and I'll just read a, a small little bit of it.、Uh, one of my favorite people in the music industry here in Canada, her name is、uh, Miranda Mulholland, and she's kind of like the the boss when it comes to、uh, to Canadian music. She's part of the Canadian. Advisory Council, and she says this: Musicians are experiencing severe short-term impacts due to the restrictions on live in-person events that many of us rely on as main source of income. While live music is crucial to Canada's professional musicians, both financially and as an outlet for their creativity, artists have strong concerns about the health risk of the virus and its impact on their ability to perform. And over the long term, the pandemic has fundamentally changed the way artists earn a living and create music. And so this article continues to talk about how、um, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like we can't do what we're supposed to be doing. But also, we <laughs> on the flip side, we can't create, we can't do what we're supposed to be doing,、right. um, and so it's really hard for a lot of artists out there. And it's, I know for myself, it's been, I mean, I love spending time, extra time with my family. Don't get me wrong, I love that so much. I'm enjoying kind of just having hands-on time with my kids. But as an artist, I've never experienced this kind of like drought and depression. Yay! Ha- happy thoughts. Yeah. For- <laughs> On the financial drought aspect, yes,、yeah. uh, the interesting thing is, and we've we've chatted about this previously on the podcast about、uh, artists performing for free,、mm-hmm. and and you know there's a time and a place for that if it's going to you know、uh, be a step up career wise,、uh, if it's going to propel you forward in some way, or perhaps it's your own church, you know, th- right, and that's kind、yeah. of a volunteer type, you know, ministry type thing. And I understand the aspect of keeping busy,、right. you know, keeping busy with your craft, but you can't survive, and so that must really weigh on a lot of these artists that are out there, where you、right. you can't do what your what your what your livelihood is. You can't do it the way you always did it, and even when you can start again, the limitations that you're going to have with the number of people that can show up at one time is going to limit revenue as well. This is it, like. So all of that would definitely play on your your health, your mental health. That's right. That's right. You know. Now it's、um, some. There there are ways in which you can make money online. Like for me, I have a virtual tip jar in which you know people can you know toss in through ducats into the bucket, as I always say. And and sometimes people can get like sponsorships or endorsements for those larger kind of events. But again, you're relying 
on the generosity of the viewer for this stuff, right? And so um, even those big collaborations that you see, usually it's because um, if it's going to be broadcast on TV, for instance, it's like there's companies like gas companies or companies will say, yeah, I'll pay money for that because we're going to put my logo everywhere. Right. That's fine. Or in my case, against the, the virtual tip jar. There's, but it's always relying on some sense of commerce or some sense of business. Without that... It's it's rare for people to be you know the normal money from like a merch sale or from ticket sale or um, from a download sale, not streaming, but an actual sale. Those days are gone, and that sucks. Yeah, it's man, it's tough. I don't have a solution. You can just uh, throw, but, me some, throw me some money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't have a solution specific solution, but I can tell you what might help. And I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. Hmm. You know, I'm not an expert by any means. But certainly, I think one of the things that could help is community. You nailed it right there, my friend. And that that's the reason why I'm still standing on this fine, fine earth of ours. Um, I've created some great community pockets in the town where I live, but also online. Um, and that's keeping me going. Um, and I think that's keeping a lot of musicians going. Um, yeah. I think even the shows itself, I was with um, a bunch of friends uh, on, on the weekend. We had a nice little social distancing party and, and all of them, every single person in that room or outside in, the, in that backyard, were all saying, dude, so can you go back and do your lockdown shows again, please? Because those shows kept us going. And all of them said, yeah, like the reason why we're still together as a family or like, those shows gave us life. It made Friday nights feel like Friday nights again. Yeah. And so I think people, you're right, people, artists especially, need that sense of community, um, either from the viewers or with other musicians or with family or with friends. That keeps us on track, keeps us going, gives us a sense that we're not alone in this. Right. Yeah, we need that. We yeah. all need that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's beyond just this, you know, pandemic as well. That's right. It, it needs to, you know, continue beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. It is time now to get into our conversation with Jordan St. Cyr. And uh, as we said, he is uh, he is a past guest. It's great to have him back. Um, he is, uh, I don't think he has peaked yet as an artist. You know how oh, you, you have gosh. some people where it's just like they've done what they've done and they're just kind of, you know, either treading water or just kind of swimming along at the same pace they always did. This guy is going gangbusters mm-hmm. and he's, he's shaking the tree and the fruit's coming down and... Uh, he's making an impact on the U.S. now. Like, he's a Canadian artist, and so we've known about him for years, but now he's making things happen in the States as well. So he's really starting to move and shake. And uh, just a pleasure to have him back on Between the Grooves. Let's get to it now. Between the Grooves with Jordan St. Cyr. Only been three years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, not a lot happened. No, nothing. Nothing's no. really happened. I can't all. believe. Yeah. I can't believe it's been three years, and um, you've you've only been on our show once. Well, you know, we gotta we gotta make space for other people, right? There's a lot of artists out there. That's yeah, a, that's a lot yeah. of good things to say. Well, the, given the fact that this is a weekly podcast, and uh, uh, that makes uh, we're into a hundred and fifty something yeah. episodes yeah. kind of losing track yeah, right. yeah. kind of losing track um wow. good problem to have yeah but uh high time that we brought you back well thank you it's, it really is my pleasure to be here so what have you been doing for the last three years no i'm just gonna 
<laughs> you know, the one thing I admire about you, Jordan, is the fact that uh, you continue to come out with new music and you're out there as far as, you know, um, chatting and, and keeping your name and your face in front of radio and coming out with new music. And, and every year... You know, when it comes to the Canadian version of the Dove Awards, which in Canada is called the Covenant Awards, you're always nominated for a bunch, mm-hmm. uh, which means you must be pretty good. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I guess so. Um, you know what? I just try and be the the weakest link in the room, you know? <laughs> the weakest link. Like it, it's true. It's true. You know, it's surround yourself with people that you can grow from and that you look up to. Yeah. Um, and you trade the value that you have uh, with people like this is really just a good time. You know, you offer value uh, to their life uh, by having just great conversation. You know, not much different than your neighbor across the street. Um, And, uh, and, and I've been able to surround myself with just with guys uh, and and girls that are just, just so great at what they do. Um, And uh, I think by just uh, by loving on them and, and not, you know, everybody, you know, at a certain level, like they know you need something from them, you know, they, they know that. Um, and, and I think once you can kind of just get past that and just treat each other, um, as equals, as far as, you know, we're both human, we're both in music. Um, and we, we want to put something out that's great. Um, and, uh, and just treat them like that neighbor next door, just very real and honest and, and be open about your needs and, and, uh, where you're going in, in your future. Um, people are very open to that because you're not hiding anything. There's no hidden agenda. And I think if you can just be open and honest um, and come across as genuine, you know, uh, you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, people are very quick to help. You mentioned that you, they know that you need something, but I think in fairness, you both need something. Absolutely. Mm. And, and that's just it. Like, you know, you're only as good as your last as your last project, I think, um, in this industry, you've got to keep, uh, putting out great material and getting in front of people. Um, you know, not out of a need of being seen, but, but if you're, you're not seen and heard, you know, people, uh, there's always somebody else, right? The, the market is saturated with just talented and amazing human beings putting out great music. And to be a part of that, you just got to keep working. And the job, uh, in music is really just, just keeping up and, and putting out great stuff um, a lot. Yeah. So, so you're right. They, they, they are a part of that process too. You've spent a bit of time in Nashville as well. I mean, I guess, I, is that your go-to place when you're either writing or you're recording? Absolutely. Absolutely. All my work is done in Nashville. My, my team is in Nashville. Uh, I've flown there more times than I can count, probably 30 plus times in the last four years. Uh, just, you know, developing relationships to now uh, maintaining relationships, um, you know, always trying to bring something of value. Um, so I feel like uh, in the writing process, you know, and as the artist, uh, I'm responsible re- responsible for bringing the idea, you know, uh, where as an artist am I going? What, is, what do I want my future songs to, to be about? And um, so just really leading the room, um, and bringing those ideas forward. And uh, so, yeah, all my writing and, and recording and kind of strategy meetings and all that's done down south. 
Well, and it must be if you if you are going to Nashville regularly, it must be strategy just going down there to maximize your time when you're there. Totally. When I'm there, I work harder than when I'm at home. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, have you know, to. we're we're riding two, three times a day with a a seven a.m. and an eight a.m. meeting. You know, with with either labels or or management. Um, it's it's a crazy time, but the way I see it is, is if I'm gone away from my family, gone away from my wife, um, and if this is a season of investing in the future, so I'm not bringing home a paycheck after this this week or, or this these two weeks. Um, I've just really got to you know honor her and honor my kids um, by by really doing something special so that eventually um, you know it just honors their time. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not at home, yeah. you know. I used to say the same thing. Like, if I'm going to be going down to Nashville and doing this, it can't be all fun and games. And I would intentionally yeah. say, like, you know, like, hey, guys, let's it's book Tuesday night. Let's go out and get a good meal and have a good time. But, like, every other minute of the day, it yeah. has to be work. Or else, like, <laughs> wh- like how, I got to go home. And she's going to be like, so what did you do? Yeah. Why were you gone? Yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to do a lot of travel, you know, non-music related travel in the business world uh, to Montreal. Yeah. From Toronto okay. to Montreal and and I was there every other week sure. on business. Now my wife wasn't very happy about it because we had a young child at the time, like it just been born, yeah, you yeah. know, less than 6 right. months old or whatever. Yeah. And so my philosophy going there was I, I knew I had to go um and I had certain things I needed to accomplish while I was there, but I would yeah. put in the 12, 16 hour days exactly. because the more work I got done there meant that the sooner I could come back. That's right. Right. That's and right. so, That's so very right. often what would happen is, you know, you'd, you'd work, 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 and you'd be very focused and, you know, you know what you have to do. And then you're, you're looking at your watch and you're thinking, yeah, I still wear a watch. Uh, you, <laughs> you look at your watch and you look and you say, well, I'm done like three hours early. So you head to the airport and they would bump you onto an earlier flight, which means Ooh, nice. cha-ching, I'm home earlier than I anticipated, which means now my wife is happier, my kid's happier, yeah. uh, you know, everybody wins. Yeah. And now you're exhausted. Sure. But, sure. but you got everything done that you, you know, that you set out to do. And like you said, Jordan, you know, you're very strategic in planning your time when you're there. Like, and even what you said, yeah. Drew, like, you know that you've got work, but you know you've got this window where, okay, this is going to be our downtime. Right. We're going to go out for dinner or do whatever and just yeah. horse around for a bit. And then obviously get to bed on time yes. because you got an early start the next day again, right? <laughs> exactly. So you, got, exactly. you can't be foolish right. about that. That's right. Because even in that playtime, <laughs> that's where you can build relationships yep. too, right? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. It's so true. No, I think, you know, we talk in the industry about building assets and our assets yeah. are our songs or our you know, uh, social media content. Um, but I think we would all agree that, you know, our greatest assets are our kids, you know, and they're the greatest way that we can change the world. And, and, you know, uh, we have to tip the balance in favor of, of, you know, what matters most. And, you know, if music never worked, you know, but I, I succeeded as a, you know, in raising my kids, uh, to, to leave this world a better place. I think that's, you know, that's, really you know where the rubber meets the road kind mm. of thing um, that's what really matters and i think um that's what that's what's allowed my family to kind of kick me out of the house and go chase my dreams is that they know you know that they are first they know without a doubt that if music fell apart you know dad wouldn't be a wreck like you guys are are more than enough um and just keeping god at the center of all that i you know i say keep him at the center but you know i i just feel like he is he is all of that. You know what I mean? Like he's, he is the center of everything. Um, but we do have the ability to prioritize 
our ambitions over people. And one thing we tell our kids is like, it's people first, people first yeah. all the time. Yeah. Now, speaking of kids, yeah. you've got a handful, don't you? I got about 16 kids. Yeah. So I've, got, I've, got, I've got what feels like 16. We have four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, we've got a, you know, a 10, 8, those are our boys, Aiden and Liam. And then we've got uh, five and 19 months. And that's our two girls, Willa and Emery. Amazing. So, yeah, we're we're in the thick of it, man. It's a war zone at home. Uh, just <laughs> war zone. <laughs> There's the description is, right there. It yeah. is. You know, I, I tell people, like, you know, when you walk into our house, you'll see about, you know, from the ground, about four feet up on the drywall. It's just little chips everywhere, you know, because that's as high as they can reach. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, it's crazy. But, you know, they've taught us so much about life and uh, and what it means to, to live for, for someone else because kids need all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, we love it. We love it. You know, I'm a better person because of my kids. I'm a better artist because of my kids. But because of social media, um, it's just a bed of roses as far as your kids is concerned, right? Because oh, we saw all the good. St- we see all the good stuff on social media. You do. I've got some some blackmail photos that you know I'm saving. <laughs> you know, uh, right. they'll come out soon. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know when they get married and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, you do see a lot of the the good moments. I think uh, for us, uh, because there is a lot of good moments. You know, and if if those moments can help somebody else, inspire them to 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 be better spouses or, or better parents, then I think that's why I share them. So, given the fact that family is is so important, and and you know, I wholeheartedly agree. How do you balance that with with work? And and yeah. by work, I, you know, just you know where you are now in Manitoba, but also when you have to fly down to you know, the States and, you know, write and record and whatever else. Right. Uh, I mean, I think balance is a myth. You know, mm. I think Drew, you agree with me. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think I, again, I go back to this quote. I heard it best said by Bart Miller, you know, he said, tip, tip the balance, the scale in favor of, of what your priorities are. And uh, you just have to make family a priority because I think, when you're kind of a driven, you know, ambitious person like myself, it's so easy to put music first, uh, to let your ambitions um, kind of blindside you uh, to people. Um, because ultimately, you know, I'm doing music to inspire people to live their best life. But if I don't take care of my own, my own family, I'm a bit of a hypocrite in that. Um, so I don't think there is a balance. Um, the, the greatest tool I have to, to get out of my head and back into my heart, um, is my wife, you know, she is my sounding board and she tells me when, okay, I think, um, you know, this week we just, we need more of you, you know, and it's, it's my job to really take that to heart because she generally will only say that when it really matters. Hmm. Um, and so she's so great. Um, we've got a great support, uh, system at home. Uh, my parents live in the same town as us. My wife's parents live 20 minutes away. Um, and so, uh, it's just so amazing to have, uh, these people in my life because I didn't grow up with grandparents like my kids did, you know, both my parents, you know, grew up in single parent homes and, and it, it wasn't easy. And you can tell, you know, that they are, they are the people now that they never had. And so we've, we've got this amazing support structure at home that really allows me to do um, what I feel called to do. 
I'm I'm curious, Jordan. Like we as artists, we're always you know trying to you know find inspiration sometimes in the weirdest places, and then capture that inspiration yeah. and turn it to songs. So, what is inspiring you these days? Like books or movies, or especially you know in these quarantine times, uh, like what yeah. what has been sort of you know fueling your fire to to create and to write these days? Well, you, he used the word fire too. Did you notice I did, that? I did. I did. That was intentional. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, Jordan's got this song called Fires, and That's it's, right. it's it's on fire. That's sorry. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Sorry. No problem. You know, we went through a season, uh, as many of, of you know, uh, like with my daughter. And, you know, she was born 19 months ago with a rare brain condition. Mm-hmm. And we're still battling through that. And so this, this, this project I've got in the can, we've got six songs ready to go. Um, we're just kind of, you know, waiting on when we're going to release that just with COVID and all that. Um, it's kind of new territory. So we're, we're just waiting. And that this whole album was inspired by, by those events and, and what we've been through. Um, but looking to the future, um, you know, you see a, a very divisive world. Um, and uh, man, people everywhere, like just, just who people are of every culture, background, nationality, like the whole gamut. Um, I just feel God just stirring up unity in my heart and, uh, and, I don't know what that looks like because I haven't written these songs yet, but I see this next season of uh, just really just keeping my eyes and ears open, you know, uh, just um, really trying to get a grasp of the pulse of, of our world um, because there are people out there feeling things that I've never thought about. And, um, and, and really I think God is a God of, of everyone. We are all as kids. And, uh, and that's a really a message I'd love to bring forward on that, on, you know, looking forward uh, on a new project. I think the focus on unity is going to be big over the next few months anyways. I think I think yeah. that that's the way it needs to be, number one. And number two, um, it, it you know, the, the focus on unity itself brings people together, right? And, yeah. it, and, it, and it causes people to talk about stuff and to, you know, iron out you know, issues that they might have with other people, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a little scary because I think, um, I was talking to my wife the other day, you know, we say we live in the information age, but it just feels like we live in the misinformation age. Um, there's just so much out there that I, I don't know what to believe anymore. You know, um, you know, is this right? Are we, are we too sensitive about this issue? Are we not sensitive enough? You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you take all that information and the mission doesn't change. You know, God says, you know, you know, lay down your rights, you know, and I feel like laying down my rights of what's right and wrong, allowing God to be the dictator of what's right and wrong. I can just chase after things that bring life. And, and as long as I seek God daily, um, as he directs my path, um, I can be for people and I don't always have to be right. Um, and that's really just uh, kind of given me more fuel in the tank to keep going because music is is always in service of people and mm-hmm. what they're going through mm-hmm. and to inspire them to get through it. You know, your comment about the age of misinformation, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because if it causes people to question uh, truth, I think that's a good thing. Like I'm, I tend to be a um, very much a pessimist. You know, I, I don't yeah. just because somebody says something doesn't mean I believe it. I, I need to, I need to validate that information, whether it be looking right. in history books or uh, just you know making sure that that information is accurate before I, before I form a belief system around it. 
So yeah, you're right. But so misinformation isn't necessarily a bad thing uh, if it causes people to question it. Yeah, that's right. It's it's maybe uh, a step along the way, you know, as our culture evolves um, to really, you know, be truth seekers mm-hmm. and not take things at, at face value and, and dig a little deeper. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the whole idea of um, this age, this sort of season that we're in, pushing people to kind of lean into using their head and heart more. I think that is key. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think the combination to like ask the right questions, do the research, really seek out the info, but then how can we best love each other in the way that we need to be loved? Like how can yeah. we just really, really embed these truths that Christ has given us in terms of how to love That's our neighbors, right. right? And so I think the more that we move into the season, I'm excited for more opportunities for us to really use our heads and our hearts and for the church to do that in a, in a, in a communal way. So I think that's, that's right. going to be, that's going to be the, the cool thing. If, if churches can actually get behind that and say, okay, hold on. Like you said, Jordan, I'm going to let go of my rights right now. And yeah. le- let me, yeah. ju- let me just process what's happening and let me just find yeah. ways. Like what does love require of me right now? Ask yeah. those kind of questions and then live that out through love. I think that I think if the churches can get behind that, we will see a really cool revolution. But don't you find, Drew, that when you have differing opinions between two people yeah. in this day and age, in this day and age, it, it seems like because we disagree, we now hate each other. Yeah, well, I do hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, You're whereas, right. you whereas, can't have this course anymore. You're totally right. right. Yeah. But why can't you disagree and know. still be friends? It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like I cannot understand what's that's, happening in the world around that's us. That's like part of the fun of being a like a friendship, yeah. of, of, of a conversation, of, of being community with someone. Yeah. Not to agree, yeah. but to actually like disagree and still be like, let's grab some coffee and laugh at this. This is yeah. so funny. Yeah. I think I think that is because that's how we learn. Yeah. That's how we grow, yeah. right? Iron yeah. sharpens iron. That's that's how it goes. I think, yeah, I totally agree that there's something, I think, I won't say we as a people, but I think humans need to lean into that more where like we can actually disagree doesn't mean yeah. we have to burn the whole bridge down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's okay. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, you know we we're developing those tools, right? Yes. I found for so long that yeah, if we disagreed, we were we're on two sides of the spectrum. That's right. But we're actually probably closer than I thought we were. I just didn't have the language or there the tools yeah. to be able to work through what disagreeing actually is. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, we are we're, we're both God's kids. We both, you know. Uh, you know, we were created and we weren't a mistake, you know? Um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just so hard to get along sometimes. And why is that? I think it's because it just matters so much, you know, it's, it's at the crux of, of what Jesus was saying, you know, to love your neighbor. Jordan, do you ever use your music to, um, push your agenda? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm not, I'm not talking about, uh, a non-God agenda. I'm talking about pushing your agenda on your belief system or maybe maybe a political system for that matter, right? Like, do Honestly, you do you ever I, use your music for that? I use it to push, like... The system of love. to kind of speak to myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, like, I wasn't always... I think we talked about this last time on the podcast. I wasn't always the most joyful person. And really, I wanted... I really wanted joy to be you know, at the core of who I am. 
And so once I started writing songs that moved me uh, and moved my physical body, you know, it made me want to dance to them. Um, that's when the joy started creeping in. And so uh, there's a lot of songs on this new project that really speak to, you know, just a, a grateful heart because, you know, I found that, you know, when I'm grateful, man, I'm on and I'm really giving uh, credit, you know, to God for, for everything in my life. And uh, I just, I want more of that. And I think if it, if these are the things that are resonating in my heart, I think they'll resonate with other people. So I'd say my agenda really is to, how do I be better? You know, um, how do I, you know, draw closer to God? Mm. And I think ultimately that's, that's the agenda. That is, uh, that kind of speaks to, um, you know, the last time we saw each other face to face was probably at the Covenant Awards in 2019, because the Covenant yeah. Awards in 2020 were uh, virtual awards. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the one thing I will say is, you know, sometimes when you attend these events, um, there are artists that are superstars, oh my gosh. right? And they're kind of they're kind of above everybody else. Whereas I can honestly say Jordan Sincere is one of these guys that is just this this guy that's just like everybody else, and he's not better than anybody else or greater than anybody else. Although you are awesome, Jordan. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he is. But but you're you're approachable. Um, you know, and, and everybody's important, you know, uh, in their, in their role in this whole industry. That's right. That's, that's right. And we that's kind of nice interest in, we can't lose interest in people. Right. You know, music is really, it's what we do, but it's not what we're defined by. You know, we're, we're all equals. And I think, um, I don't know if you can have that, you know, stand behind the merch table kind of approach, you know, uh, when the show's over and just really make it about everybody that, that came that night. Um, not only are you going to be a better musician and all that, I think you're just going to be a better person. And, uh, I've found that the, the ways I've grown the most in my career and, uh, as a musician has just been, uh, discovering more of who I am and who's got, who God has created me to be. You know, when I was, when I was not working in radio years ago, yeah. um, I remember, and I was working in a sales type capacity. I was, I think at the time I was like a business development manager or something like that in another industry. Fancy. Fan- fancy title just yeah. means that you got a lot of, you know, a lot of work to do because, <laughs> you know, nobody, you don't have a staff or anything like right. that. You know? yeah. And, uh, but I found, you know, sometimes the sales guys were afraid to do certain things like, you know, oh, I, I can't do this because this is a decision being made at my customer that's, you know, the VP uh, that's there. And, right. and and I would look at it and say, so, okay, well, let me call up the VP. Not because I'm special or anything like that, but I just look at it and say, okay, the VP is just a guy like me, so I'll pick up the phone and call him. Maybe that's I'll right. get voicemail. Maybe I'll actually talk, be able to talk to him face-to-face. I remember being at a very, very large aerospace company, walking down the hallway, and there's a VP who I've emailed in the past, and I would just say, I, you know, wave and say hi to the guy. You know, totally. why not? I'm, yeah. I'm not going to shrink and, and cower because I'm this lowly guy. Like, everybody's a human, and everybody deserves, whether they're a VP, or a janitor, they 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 deserve to be treated like a human. There it is. That's right. We're talking about equality it, it, again, aren't we? we are. Absolutely. Look at that. I, think, at that. Yeah. I think that's at the crux of the gospel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And and again, it's it's as easy and hard as it as it is. You know, um, man, loving or, or you know, living in disagreement and still being able to love that person—that's not an easy task. 
you know, and then and then viewing that higher up, you know, like you said, um, as an equal because we are defined by you know how God made us, not not our status. Um, again, that's that's not always an easy thing to do. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny thing about this VP, now that I think about it, <laughs> now that I think about it, I remember, I remember having a meeting in his office, and and this was uh, I don't know maybe fifteen years ago or something like that, maybe a little longer. I remember having a, a meeting in his office, and he did not have a computer in his office. And I asked wow. him about that. You know, I, I was asking, you know, because email and everything else. Yeah. I asked him about, a com- about the fact that he didn't have a computer in his office, and his response was, "Oh, I don't need a computer in my office. I have people for that." <laughs> Oh wow. wow! And he was, and he wasn't he wasn't trying to sound like he was above it or anything like that. But in his role, he was meant to right. lead, and he didn't want to get sidetracked by a computer with all the stuff that goes on with a computer right. and email and everything else. So he had people that managed that for him, so they could be more effective in his role as the VP of this company. That, wow, that's brilliant! I mean, you know, it really is. You yeah. know, it's not like he's trying to get out of work, but he's trying to delegate. You know certain tasks to people that are good at doing it so he can concentrate on what he's good at doing. That's right. You know, yeah. I'm not good at writing music, uh, you know, honestly, when I was, when I was a teenager, my, you know, my brother used to strum on the guitar all the time and, and he would write songs and I thought, well, I could write a song. And I, and I wrote a song that, that was awful and, and I'll never do it again. Well, maybe I would. Maybe. <laughs> if I'm inspired, maybe I would. If I got invited to yeah. Nashville to go. a songwriter yeah. circle, yeah. man, just to be a bug on the, you know, on the wall, a fly on the wall, just to, to oh, listen yeah. in. And, yeah. and maybe I've got some ideas. Who knows, right? You never know, man. You never know. Love it. Everybody's got their own unique gifts. You know, I yeah. think culturally we elevate, you know, musicians or actors or people that have been seen. But, you know, it's it's just not true you know like it's uh you know like i see you know the mothers out there raising kids and i mean ultimately they're the superstars that put in more time than anybody else at their jobs Mm -hmm. and uh and you know so uh, i i get it you know partly i get it you know we we want to be entertained um but just remember that you know a lot of the time that that can be a distraction from you know the reality is is that you know everybody's important and there are people doing amazing work behind the scenes um, to elevate those artists and actors. They are not a one-man, one-woman show. You mentioned that you've got a team in Nashville. So what does that team consist of? Yeah, my management team is in Nashville. Uh, my uh, my booking agency is in Nashville. Like, these are, you know, um, pieces of the puzzle that I couldn't do this without. You know, the production teams in Nashville, all my, my co-writers, um, it's just... You know, again, talk about feeling like the weakest link in the room. Um, but they're just such, they're even better people than they are, you know, songwriters or, or managers. Um, you know, you surround yourself with great people like that. Um, there's just really, there's nothing you can't do. You know, they make you feel so great about who you are. I think that's so important. What would you What would you do? Like you obviously didn't always have those people in place. So what you were doing that all yourself before? Yeah, you struggle. <laughs> you yeah. struggle a yeah. lot. Um, and I think I think you develop um, you develop a grit. You know, you develop uh, it really develops your dream in a way. Um, you know, kind of how you you just have to earn it. Um, you earn your place. Um, it also refines your dream. I think 
I think it's, it's the way God designed it to see if you're ready for this journey, because it's not easy. You know, there's nobody in front of you clearing the trees. You've got the machete yourself and you're going through what feels like a jungle sometimes, uh, creating a new path. Because uh, while, while I have this team and they're amazing, ultimately, um, the, you know, the weight of this thing falls on me and I've got to make those decisions. And sometimes they're, they're not easy and sometimes they're not always, you know, wholly supported by the team. Um, but as the artist, uh, as the, as the one who feels like has been given the vision for this, for this thing, um, I've got to lead the way. And so while it has become easier in so many ways, um, I've still got to be the one breaking new ground and finding new opportunities. Hmm. You know, the fact that you've had to be able to do that yourself previously, certainly defines you and defines your skill set. So you know what you're good at and what you're not not good at, you can have other people do for you. Sure, sure. You know what? I think it's important that you do every job. Yeah. You do every job so that by the time you get someone who can do that job, you know what you know you can tell them what to do. Yeah. Um and definitely, you know, get people to fill in where you're weak. Um, that's huge. Like my manager, Rebecca Jones, uh, she's in Nashville. Um, she fills in those gaps. She is fearless. She will ask the questions that I will hesitate to ask. Um, she's, you know, bold in areas that I am not bold. And, uh, so, uh, she really, uh, you know, is the other side of the coin for me, um, where we're, we're very different in a lot of ways. And that is such a benefit. Uh, to me and and where I'm going. Are there any roles that you're kind of like, now that you have a team, you think, actually, I kind of miss doing that. I kind of miss being the guy for that task. Or, Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is, is, it, absolutely. I think I miss that initial point of contact. Yeah. Uh, especially with like, uh, yes. you know, booking a show. Yes. Um, I'm always one that, you know, fears that my reputation will somehow be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want people to see me as not who I believe I am. So that, you know, handing that over to somebody else, you know, booking the show or whatever, you know, that terrified me in the beginning because, you know, you build this thing, you build, you know, a, a bit of credibility. And now you're like, okay, you can, be my proxy. You can talk on my behalf. Um, but how well do I really know you exactly. or, or your yeah. team yeah. or that intern that's, that's now a part of your company. So, um, that's part that I miss, but again, um, in order to do more shows, um, I now get to really just pour it on when I get to the venue and just, you know, love on these people. Yeah. Um, and, um, really what I found is, is that, you know, there are people that do this so well. This is their profession. They know how to, to speak to people with love and care. Um, and so what I found is that, well, I used to fear it. Now I'm learning from them how to do it better. Right. Yeah. I, I was in the yeah. ex- same boat, man. I was like, I, cause I love, I hate booking shows, but I love right. building relationships. 
And yeah. so I, yeah. I love, it was like this re- weird kind of like, Ugh, I, I hate doing it, but man, when it happens, when it clicks, it's like, this is so great. Yes. <laughs> and so yeah, when you have to hand over the keys to somebody, it's kind of like, yeah. please don't make me look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know I mean, I can yeah. do that by myself. Exactly. I do that very well. I'm brilliant <laughs> at looking like a fool. I got that. I got that. That's right. Um, That's right. But there's also this other aspect, like, I miss that first initial contact, that first kind of like, I love to hang out at your church I love and, and building that relationship yeah. right from the ground up. I miss that so much. Right. And, but, but like you said, the person who's doing it is probably better at it than I am. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and it's what they do. And, and it would take you longer to do it likely. Totally. And oh, take you away from what your- Most importantly. Yeah. Exactly. What your skill set is. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I do. I totally get that. Yeah. Oh man. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, gotta let go, man. Oh, you gotta let go yeah. of control and and know that there's bigger, you know, things at play here. You know, God's taking us on a journey, and He wants His whole goal is community. You know, bringing mm. people together, and when we let people do what they do so well, I, the beautiful part is we get to do what we do well more. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned a new EP on the way, and yeah. will that um, include? Um, I, I have to. I've got. I've got to choose my words carefully. Will that? Will that include shows? <laughs> there's the. There's a. What's a show? We haven't done one in so long. That's a great question. We had a, a big Canadian tour planned with a, a big, a bigger artist out of Nashville, and that all all fell apart. Then we, then we rebooked it for the fall, and now we're looking at spring of 2021. Um, and so we're just waiting. We're hmm. just waiting. Um, I've been doing some, some churches locally, um, just being a part of, of doing worship and, and doing some speaking, doing some sermons. Um, but apart from that, we're just in a holding pattern of, uh, you know, being faithful to the single, letting that get out and, uh, and uh, giving that the time it needs to spread. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping by 2021 in the spring, uh, shows will start to be, you know, they may not be back in full swing, but I'm hoping we can book some tours and, and get out on the road again. Yeah. Radio in yeah. Canada, Christian Radio in Canada knows who Jordan St. Cyr is. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for a number of years. But this is, this, is, um, this is relatively new for the States, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, I had, I had Victory just get picked up um my single victory that was probably two three years ago yeah um and that did all right but we didn't really promote it as as well as we're doing now uh we've got a great team uh promoting fires and uh again you know it speaks to team uh speaks to their skill set um you know in the u.s i'm i'm an unknown uh nobody knows who my who, who i am and you've got this new song and you're competing against, you know, uh, you know, Toby Max got a new song out, you know, Matt Mars got a new song out, you know, all these, all these amazing artists who are staples in the industry and you've got to somehow steal a spot and, uh, and fires. No, it's not, it's not been, steal a spot. It's earn a spot. Come on. Let's sure, get the sure, right yeah, vocabulary yeah, right. there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It, it, it has, it's earned spots on a lot of stations. Um, we're getting calls from, you know, different countries uh, in the UK and Australia uh, playing the song and looking for interviews. And, and that's just an amazing uh, feeling. And it's, I think it really speaks to um, just persevering and, uh, and sticking with it. Um, you're going to get better over time. That's a, that's a given. And, uh, 
And I think the, the determining factors for me, you know, the proof was, you know, the team. As the team kind of wrapped itself around me, that was proof that, okay, we're, we're on to something. Let's keep going. And, uh, again, more fuel and tank. Hmm. And it's nice that they're looking beyond the U.S. as well. Like you mentioned Australia, and I think that's a, an untapped market for, for many artists. And, quite frankly, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great Australian artists oh, that yeah. we don't hear about in North America as well. Yeah. So uh, that's, so that's a huge market right. right there. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just – I feel so humbled and honored. Like, you know, it's, it's become a global, a global thing. You know, I grew up in a small town of 1,200 people, you know, and it just goes to show you you keep at something, um, you start to realize God had a plan all along. Hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And working hard, too. <laughs> well, it's not like, it's not like, yeah. right, it's not like you're just sitting on your hands and getting everybody to do all this work for you, your team in Nashville and management and everything else. I mean, you're, you're working your tail off yourself, so... Absolutely. And, and especially through this time of COVID where there, there are no shows, um, you're, you're almost back to like a startup business. You know, <laughs> how can we, uh, you know, find ways to, okay, there may not be a lot of money in it right now, but we need to do things that invest in, in our future. Right. You know, so uh, from really strategizing about this radio single uh, to the EP, you know, uh, to, you know, planning what the, the spring of 2021 looks like, even though it's so far away, you know, to, you know, I found a, a new vocal coach, you know, that is teaching me things about my voice that I really never knew. And it's, it's all just because I have the time now that I have the time. Okay. How can I, you know, really just be prepared so that when, when shows start happening again, we're just ready to go. Yeah. Using that time effectively, yeah. I think has been interesting to see who's doing it and who's not. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Jordan, thank you so much for hanging with us on Between the Grooves. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's it's really a pleasure to to get to chat to both of you. Thanks, awesome, Jordan. Brother. Great Appreciate talking it. to you, man. Okay, thank you guys. You take care. Oh, that was a great conversation. Yes, it so was. So refreshing. Uh, nice to have him back. Um, a lot has transpired in his life over the last few years. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, he's gone from a well-known Canadian artist to a fairly well-known North American artist. Yeah, yeah. And he's teamed up with, you know, guys like the people from Citizen Way, yeah, yeah. some great recording studios down in, yeah. in the U.S. And, uh, he's, you know, he's all about that relationship, for sure. That, you can see that in him. That's what you need to make it in this business. It's all about relationships, and he yeah. does it well. Nice to hear, uh, you know, how he balances the family life um, and, you know, uh, talking about the new EP on the way, mm-hmm. just exciting. And, and the fact that he's got a plan in place for all of that, you know, given mm-hmm. the fact that the last few months you don't necessarily see a lot of things happening, but there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Totally. And you can see that. And it's obvious. I, I've known this guy for so, so, so long back in Winnipeg and, and had the honor of uh, being on a worship team when I was a worship pastor at a church. And uh, he is one of the most like, centered people that I know so grounded within his faith and in his family um, and so it was so nice to have him back on the show I never thought we would have him back this soon yeah um, he's just one of well, the this nicest soon, guys this soon it's been three years come on <laughs> but I mean as you said before we have so many people to go with yeah, like we, yeah. normally we didn't go back to someone so soon right yeah um, and so this is it's so great to have him back so soon um, and to talk about what he's up to what he's doing and dive back into just just, well, just he's such a good guy. 
such a good guy to chat with. Make sure you check out Jordan St. Cyr, his website, jordansaintcyr.com. And uh, there you'll find the links to his music, events, and social media. Now it's time for artist advice. Let's hit up this other amazing dude, John Cooper from the band Skillet. Always write about what you believe in. I think sometimes people write songs and, and lyrics and they just go, hey, it'll be fine. But maybe they're not being as authentic as they can be with what they believe or what they want to say. And just realize that whatever you're writing, you're putting out as your mantra, as your philosophy to the world. So it's kind of quite important to, to have a philosophy if you're going to write. You know, you got to be responsible for what you say. So uh, just understand that when you're writing, that, that your music is a weapon. Wow. His last thing there was use music as a weapon. That's coming from a guy who could be a preacher in his own right, <laughs> um, who uses music as a weapon. Yeah. Given the fact that a lot of fans of Skillet aren't necessarily Christians. That's true. You know? Yeah, that's true. I, he said it right there. Yeah. Being authentic and, uh, you know, when you're writing music, write what you believe. Yeah. I think I think having, as you saying, sort of having a philosophy in terms of how you write, uh, having a songwriting philosophy, or, you know, if you're a worship leader listening, you know, having a worship philosophy, you know, realizing the, you know, the whys of what you do and the, the hows and the what's and getting that down on paper and understanding it as you create or as you write is so, so, so important. It will guide you, it will help you. It will um, always make sure that you, you stay true to your own voice. I think it's so good. And it's rare for people to actually say that. And so I'm thankful that Cooper uh, dropped that bomb on us. That, that was kind of a summary of the entire conversation we had with him anyways. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right? You're right. So if You're you right. want to listen back to that episode of Between the Grooves with John Cooper, uh, that was a great conversation yeah. as well. So but many thanks to Jordan St. Cyr for being our guest today and for John Cooper for contributing with his artist's advice. We do hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review to help us reach more people. If you uh, do the social media thing, Facebook or Twitter, hit us up at Between Grooves. We would love to connect with you there and chat it up with us. You'll find lots of cool things. So just follow us at Between Grooves on Twitter and Facebook. And we hope to see you next time right here on Between the Grooves. Peace. Bye-bye. 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 B